Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Struggle Creates Strength. Struggle Creates Strength is a mental health platform exemplifying that everyone has a story. I always say that no two stories are the same, but every story has the potential to help someone else. On today's episode, we are joined by 22-year-old Billy Cawthorn. Billy is originally from Vernon, BC, but he did not live an average life growing up. At the age of 15, he was forced to move out of his house and live with multiple different families because of his mom's abuse of alcohol. In the past seven years, he has since regained a strong connection with his mom and now has learned a lot from his past. He now attends a Christian college in Saskatchewan, Canada and is playing hockey for the college. He is here today to acknowledge and prove that it's never easy to struggle with mental health and especially as a hockey player. He wants to take a stand and prove that it's okay to be a man who struggles with mental health. It's okay to be a hockey player who struggles with mental health and ultimately it's okay to not be okay. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Raincoast Clothing. Raincoast Clothing is a clothing company based out of Vancouver Island, Canada. They represent nature by embracing adventure, spontaneity, and health, both physical and mental. They have recently decided to join my mental health movement and donate 5% of profits from every item of clothing towards mental health awareness. We have also collaborated and created a Struggle Creates Strength t-shirt, which has 100% of profits going towards mental health awareness. Go to raincoastclothing.com and help support mental health while getting yourself some great clothes. Now I hope everyone enjoys Billy Cawthorn's story and realizes that everyone has a story. Well, thank you for obviously taking the time out of your day to speak to me and come on the podcast and share your story. I know that it's never easy to share your story and it's never easy to be vulnerable, but I commend you for actually taking this step and being vulnerable and open and just helping other people hopefully share their story. So thank you very much for that. Oh, of course, buddy. I mean listen to a couple of the podcasts and I know a little bit about your story and obviously we grew up playing against each other. So it's just, I'm, I'm happy to be here and happy to have you to share with people. So thanks yeah. for having me. Of course. Of course. Yeah. I know that you've had a long day and uh, just you taking, cause I know you're two hours ahead, right? So right now it's about 10 30 at night for you um, after, especially after a long day and just you taking that time out of your day. I really appreciate that. Uh, no, no worries, buddy. Yeah, I, I wanted to get on here and share my story. So whatever time worked best for us, and this just happened to be it. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Well, I'm just curious, do you want to jump right into your story and obviously tell us a little bit more about yourself and just explain who Billy Cawthorn really is and where, like, how you got to where you are today? Yeah, of course, I'd love to. Well, uh, before I start, I just... You know, obviously, I love my parents. They're they're great people. They've done a lot for me. I think uh, I think my story kind of reflects my them and my life. And I just, you know, some things were tough. And I think it sounds bad to say about your parents sometimes. And I just kind of also realized the sacrifice and how much I love them, and I wouldn't be here without them. So I guess to start, like my parents split up when I was when I was two years old. They were never married, so kind of right away I had that uh that split family uh fortunate for me my dad's still in my life and stuff and uh you know hockey started at a young age six years old and uh started skating and right away I just fell in love with with being a goalie and uh at that time my dad had moved away to Edmonton uh I'm from Vernon BC so obviously that's pretty far away and uh my mom kind of had to just take care and took me in and had to take care of me as a single mother and obviously that was difficult at times and I think uh 
I didn't realize the sacrifices she was making uh, growing up. And uh, she struggled with, with alcohol addiction and stuff. And, you know, uh, I think I, I, I always compared myself to other families, you know, with parents together and thought that for some reason I was different or I remember, you know, having to take my mom to bed some nights and stuff and because she was drunk on the couch and stuff. And I think I, I definitely like just didn't obviously like that. And I thought like my mom was like not a good mother at the time or something. Cause and I spent a lot of time at friends houses and stuff and I just, Definitely didn't uh, respect my mom as I think I should have when I was that age. And uh, it's just, that's kind of where it all began, I guess. And uh, yeah, so growing up that way, um, when I was 15, my mom uh, was drinking and driving and she got in a bit of a fender bender. And my buddies, it was at the it was at the rink after one of my games. And my buddy's dad basically like told me like, okay, like you got to come live with us. And I... Uh, so I started living with uh, my buddy's parents, uh, the the Miller family, and was there for a couple weeks. And then I moved in with the Williamsons, Jagger Williamson, if any of you know him. Uh, mm-hmm. just, just a great family and great people, and they did a lot for me growing up. And uh, from there, I moved into uh, the Ray household. I lived with my buddy Jordan Ray for, for five years, and until this last summer, I ended up renting my own place with, with a couple of buddies. And uh, so, yeah, that obviously moving out at 15 was was crazy. And then I was also playing junior, obviously, from, from 17 to 20. So that uh, I was gone from Vernon and built houses and stuff. So that helped. Mm-hmm. But I think, uh, yeah, basically, I remember being 15 and not really knowing where life was going and stuff. And as soon as and whenever things went wrong, I would go to the booze or, you know, honestly, like go to the girls or get into drugs, you know, smoking and do a little bit of other stuff. And I think that's just stuff that it ends up tearing you apart in the long run. And uh, looking back, I, I learned a lot from it. And I think I just realized that those are just temptations that are, are trying to fill the void, a void in your life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so from there, yeah, I, my first year junior, I played in Comox. Um, I thought I was the best thing since, since sliced bread, <laughs> I guess. And I uh, remember telling the coach staff and trade me after a game. I got pulled, and you know, I I kind of ended up being a suitcase after that. Uh, played in the Heritage League in High River, Alberta, which is really close to Calgary. Um, ended up going down to the states for for about a month in Springfield, Missouri. Uh, again, left there, just wasn't happy. Um, went to Chase in the KI and then uh, ended up getting traded to Wainwright in Alberta and played two years there and then uh, ended up getting a, a bit of a scholarship to Briarcrest College here where I play now in the ACAC. Mm-hmm. Obviously right now with COVID it sucks not playing. Um, throughout all that I just I again I learned like when I was younger I wasn't I wasn't as bad into the partying as my probably my last two years of junior I think I uh I don't know I just didn't know what was going to happen after junior hockey I remember really struggling with it um I was really fortunate to back up a couple games with the Vipers when I was 17 and stuff and like obviously like being from Vernon being a hometown kid is a dream come true to, to be a part of that organization and 
mm-hmm. I think from there, like I ended up just mostly playing junior B my my entire uh, junior career. So I think like I put a lot of stock into hockey and not being able to play a full year of junior A ever was was difficult for me. And uh, so I remember being nineteen twenty and just any chance I could get, getting drunk and just whatever like even after a win you know like oh oh after a win after a loss didn't really matter like hit the booze and kind of just forget about hockey because it's uh, or have as much fun while i'm playing because it's going to be over soon and even though i knew that i wanted to play at the next level and um so yeah basically i was obviously really depressed um anxious uh i remember girlfriend troubles one of those years um so having anxiety attacks crying you know sitting in the passenger seat of, car, of my mom's van punching the the dash and just freaking out and and again like when those things were happening like i was just going to get drunk because i thought that would take away the pain and mm-hmm. you know now i realize like i'm i'm a christian now obviously that's a big uh, aspect of my life um but i also think that now like there's a lot better things to be doing than than doing that. When when you're going through a hard time, that's that's just gonna keep digging yourself a hole until you hit rock bottom. And remember uh one night in Wainwright, I just had a horrible nightmare dream. I woke up at like three in the morning and uh just yeah, I was kinda like screaming and like, you know, I'm twenty years old, like I just <laughs> remember kinda having an epiphany, like I'm a, I'm like a little kid right now. And uh I kind of had an epiphany that I was like, you know what, like, this isn't who I want to be. This isn't who I want to, re- how I want to represent my friends. This isn't how I want to represent my family. Like, I needed a change. And um, I was really lucky to have a Christian Christian player on my team. Um, my billet family was, were Christians. And uh, they kind of just showed me a little bit about the church and stuff. And that was a big impact on my life. Obviously, uh, you know, Religion isn't for everyone, and I understand that. So just, like, other tips for people, like, I love going to the gym. I always have. I love playing hockey. I always have. Like, those have been escapes for me. And I think, like, having a hobby, like, going fishing, going hunting, having friends to talk to, like, those are just things that, like, take advantage of that. Because when you're in love with something, like, those are the things that are, are going to uh, bring you happiness, not drink, not... Uh, you know, drinking away, drinking away the pain or doing drugs to, to just fill a void. So mm-hmm. that's my story. Um, I'm at college now and I'm actually in Manitoba at my coach's house. He invited me here uh, on a hunting trip. So I'm pretty thankful to be here and just thankful for the opportunities I've had these last few years. Mm-hmm. No, that's, yeah, that's amazing. And it obviously takes a lot of courage for you to share your story and for you to speak about kind of some of the unspoken things and i know especially in hockey like you and i he said we've played against each other we've played hockey our whole entire lives and this is just one of those things that isn't talked about a lot and isn't talked about enough and a lot of people don't share those nitty-gritty things where you talk about how you'd resort to alcohol or you talk about the frustrations that come or even for yourself like I know I personally have never encountered anything like you have and I'm sure 90% of people haven't but for you I obviously gained so much like even more respect um, 
just knowing the type of person that you are and hearing where you've come from and some of the struggles that you've actually had to encounter like that is it's bar none unbelievable like it is seriously it's amazing and you here sharing your story and helping so many other people like it is unbelievable because there's a lot of people that do go through similar struggles to yourself and either they're lost and they don't know what's next for them or they get into a downward spiral and they ultimately find themselves at rock bottom and sometimes they stay at rock bottom whereas for yourself I think and I mean I don't I might be wrong but I think you can almost attest to this like you've definitely you've touched rock bottom but you've you've come back and you're you're flying like you're flying right now and that's no it's amazing amazing to see and yeah like I like I said I've never known any of this and for you to share that I'm just truly touched and I can't thank you enough so um but one question that I do have for you is what's the type of relationship that you have now say like with both your parents or especially your mom though after everything that happened yeah of course no uh so me and my mom are like best friends uh pretty cool like obviously like growing up with just her like she's just had a big impact on my life gives me lots of advice um she was never the type of parent like I got you know of course in minor hockey and stuff I got cut once in a while and mm-hmm. she never put me down she always just believed in me and I think like I said at the beginning like that's why I am where I am now because it gave me the belief to to believe in myself and same when I went through those hard times like to just believe in who I am now and um it's just pretty cool like same with my dad like I, uh, I talk to them a lot now and it's just cool. Like, um, yeah, I bas- I'm basically just, like I said, at the beginning, I'm super thankful for them, mm-hmm. the opportunity they've given me. Um, you know, obviously it's not, it wasn't easy going through that stuff. It wasn't easy as a kid, not feeling normal, feeling like I had to take care of my mom at a very young age. Um, but I also realized that she put a roof over my head. She put food on the table and she worked as much as she could, uh, to allow me to play hockey, to allow me to be at the college level now. So uh, just for, as, as I matured, as I got older, I kind of realized those sacrifices. And uh, believe it or not, I, uh, I actually apologize to her a lot. And she just laughs about it now. But <laughs> I just say, hey, sorry for, for the things I've done or for whatever. And, you know, she apologizes too. I remember having a conversation with her probably about a year ago now. And, she said, I know I might not have been the best mom to you, but like, just know I love you so much. And I think like that's just touches for her heart and who she is. And she's always just wanting, wanting to go the extra mile for me, even if it's not the, you know, the best financially or the best decision for her. She, she's always supported me that way. And same for my dad. Like he just, yeah, he's one, even though he's not around as much, um, you know, he's, he's not afraid to reach out, ask me how I'm doing talk about the hard questions, you know, how are the, how's the girls, how's, yeah. how's your mental health stuff? Like, mm-hmm. is everything okay? And I just appreciate that so much from my parents and like, yeah. So, so the, the answer is there's a, our relationship's very good. And, mm-hmm. um, just since all that stuff kind of went on, it just got better. And like, I think my, I realized how much my mom meant to me and my mom realized how much she meant to me to me yeah so yeah and then same for my my dad so Mm -hmm. definitely no that's awesome um did you like while you obviously 
because you said at 15 years old, you had to move out and you were kind of forced into living with different families. Um, at that point, were you like still talking to your mom, seeing your mom like on a regular basis? Or was it almost like you had to shut her out completely for a bit? Uh, so, yeah, I didn't talk to her for a long time. And then one day I actually called her. This is another thing that I actually regret so much. And Jag, the Jagger ends up listening to this. He'll, uh, <laughs> him and his mom will, will probably laugh about it or smile about it. But I just, one, like, you know, I was young and I understood that, like, like Jagger has three siblings. Uh, and I understand that, like, they just, I couldn't just, like, live there for free and stuff. Obviously, like, I was eating their food and stuff and, like, showering and whatever. And so, like, Tracy just asked for a little bit of rent money. And, like, the time I wasn't working, I wasn't really doing anything. I didn't really know what to do with that. And one day I just called my mom. She picked me up. Um, so, yeah, I'm, it's kind of – I kind of have to answer, to answer the question. My mom uh, didn't pay rent for, like, a year or so. She got, like, evicted from her house, too. And then – uh I ended up staying in the basement suite that we were renting because it was like our, uh, it was Jagger's grandma's basement suite and uh, there was no one down there. So I stayed there for like a couple of weeks before I moved into like another, uh, another family's house. But basically I probably did shut her out for a good, I don't know, I want to say six months. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I remember, yeah, I just remember her asking me how I was doing and stuff and just, I mean, I'm, I, I'd say I talked to her during those times, but it definitely was very, very minimal. And I definitely didn't see her for a very long time. Like, and you know, six months might not seem like a long time for people, but when you're living in the same town as your mom and you just don't make an effort to see her, I think it was kind of, it was eye opening for me for sure. Just to realize like, I remember like, I love Tracy so much. The amount of things she did for me, I, I, I don't know. She, I, her, their family, Tracy and Brian, both of them, um, just yeah, did so much for me growing up, and I can't thank them enough. Um, there's so many families that did, like Janice Miller, Jonathan Miller, uh, just so many people. The Gordray, like I lived at his house for five years, like, mm-hmm. but basically, I just, I also understood like. I don't know. I can't just get a free pass. Like it's not that easy either. So mm-hmm. um, I didn't know what to do. So obviously I called my mom and then that's kind of how we got in touch again. But like she, uh, she was living at her boyfriend's house at the time. And uh, yeah, he just like, he's also a, he's a great guy, but you know, he's a strong believer and you know, you're old enough to live on your own kind of thing. And I was already, and I didn't really feel comfortable living in his house. So I uh, just had to make that decision and, yeah, so I'd say about six months to answer that question. Jeez. Yeah, I don't think everyone will realize, like you said, when you live in the same town and you don't see them for six months, like that is a long time. And because you could bump into them anywhere, like literally anywhere. And and people don't, because there's a lot of people that obviously go around, they travel, they go to all these different places, but when you're in the same town and like I said, you could potentially run into them basically anywhere you like, it is hard and it's hard on a person and it's obviously hard on the family. So yeah, like that is, yeah, that's insane. Um, 
another question for you is you talked about how you became a Christian and Mm -hmm. I think for you, you can attest that it was something, um, in, or it's been something that has been a super positive light on your life. And, um, it's almost allowed you to reflect on obviously your past and see what your future will hold and how you are the one that's shaping your future and you're doing what you can do to shape your future. And, um, so talk a little bit about Christianity and what it's ultimately done for you and why, um, why you, cause I know you, you said that. Pursued it. Why I pursued yeah, it. exactly. Yeah. No, a hundred percent. Uh, and like, that's kind of, and just so like, this is kind of one thing that my coach always says to me. So before I start, this is, yeah you can reach like both groups of people, like Christian groups of people and like people that like don't know God. So like, I'm not the type of guy. I obviously mentioned it very briefly. I just don't when like, I don't like pushing it on people. I don't think that's like, right. I don't think that's like, people don't want to just like, when people just talk about like, Oh, you should be a Christian and your life will be so much better. Like, I don't really believe in that. Cause that's just not, I mean, at the end of the day, like I still make mistakes all the time. Like, mm-hmm. and like, I don't know. I just think at the basically one th- the how it's touched my life is I've realized like we're all we're all broken people, and uh, so it, in my life uh, as I started growing into my faith and then my Christianity, I realized like we're all broken no matter who we are, and we make mistakes. And so with one thing that I've really been scared of kind of my whole life is just death. And uh, Christianity kind of breaks uh, breaks the chains of death is, and that's why we have faith. And you know, so basically, the way it's touched my life is, I've realized there's so much more to life than than hockey, than drinking, than partying, than trying to like. I you know I have buddies that I still love, but they'll tell me like you only live once, so why not make the most of tonight or whatever. And it's like, well, because tomorrow I'm going to wake up and I'm going to feel like crap and I'm going to regret something I did. And, you know, it's going to end up playing into my life for the next couple of months because I'm going to be like, I shouldn't have done that on that day. And uh, so basically, I just, it's impacted my life and giving, giving me hope for like, for just like eternal life and going to heaven. And I think like a lot of people don't really understand that. And it's really hard for me to explain. Mm-hmm. But, um, it's just giving me the hope that there's more to life. There's more than just you only live once. Like, and, uh, yeah, I just, so basically getting into it, like I, uh, my billet family was, we always pray before dinner and stuff. And my billet dad would always read his Bible. And I just really respected him. He was, he was what you would call a man of God. He, he was always trying to protect me, protect his kids. Um, he was just a role model for me in my life. And, uh, so, and then they took me to church once in a while and stuff. And I just saw what it was like to be like a real man. Like, like I, and a few of your podcasts, you guys talk about like toughness, how like in hockey, like you're always taught to be tough and stuff. Mm-hmm. But that's not what like a real man doesn't just have to be tough. Like he has to be honest. He has to be trustworthy. He has to be reliable. Mm-hmm. Like, he has to be all these things. And, uh, I think that's just like how Christianity has touched my life is Jesus was sinless. Jesus did everything right and he was and when people were making mistakes he didn't just let it go by the wayside he went to them and he held them accountable 
And uh, I think that's actually something that I really struggle with now is talking about my faith to people and being like, hey, like, you sh- like, I don't know. If someone is disrespecting a girl or something mm-hmm. or whatever's going on that way and, you know, going up to a guy and saying, hey, like, you can't be doing that. And then them telling you, you know, why not or whatever. Like, And it's just like, it's hard to get in those confrontations. But I think as a Christian now and mm-hmm. as someone that uh, believes in God, like God calls us to to speak into people's lives and touch people's lives. And that's another big reason why I want to do this podcast is like, if you ever have any questions, if anyone listening has questions about Christianity, a question about God, a question how it's touched my life, like feel free to reach out. And I feel like I just, basically the biggest thing is I see the impact that God has had in Christian influences in my life. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, like that's a man or that's a woman of God. And like, mm-hmm. wow, they are like, living for like God, like, and you can just see it and there's in their happiness and in their joy for life. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I feel like I definitely like have that joy for life now, uh, just through that, through, through seeking into the Bible or through going to church and listening to something and learning, just learning about, uh, Christianity and learning about God. And I think the coolest part is that for me, that I don't think a lot of people understand is the Bible isn't just some made up, like, random talk person right or like these are manuscripts that they found in like ancient temples in egypt talking about israel talking about like it's history you know mm-hmm. so i think when you look back at it and you realize like oh yeah like it's 2020 2020 after christ like mm-hmm. i don't know it just for also for me like that's just the most it makes the most that worldview for me makes the most sense like mm-hmm. when i look back at the world when i look how people act um and so, yeah, I just think it, it just really impacted me because I was like, you know what, like, this is how I want to live. This is how I want to grow in my faith. And, you know, eventually, like, I want to have kids. I want to be a husband and I want to honor, honor my family. And for me, that's just being a Christian and being a Christian man is how I can do that best. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, so, yeah, based, so that's about it. Just touched me in so many ways and I know I probably went in a bit of circles in that conversation <laughs> but I think uh there's so many ways I could go with that that I just try to touch every little point there so mm-hmm, for sure and you're going to school at Bryhurst right Briarcrest yeah Briarcrest sorry and yeah, um so that is a Christian school as you said yeah and yeah. how has that been for you because like are you like do you have like some schools are different. Every school is different, yeah. but do you have kind of yeah. like set, um, kind of like a set schedule? Like, do you have to practice Christianity at a certain time or is it more so just like the school, um, embraces Christianity and like, is there certain guidelines you have to follow? Like what's, what does, um, going to school at, uh, like a Christian school look like? Christian school looks like, yeah. Um, we do have chapel. Uh, it's, I mean, some would say it's mandatory. I mean, I go as much as I can. Obviously, sometimes with workouts and stuff, like, you can't make it. Um, and so it's kind of tough. Like, there is, for for a lot of people, it would be a lot, like, a lot, I would say. But mm-hmm. for me, I've kind of realized, like, it's just like any other normal school that really does embrace Christianity. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as guidelines and Christian practices go, one thing that's really cool is our hockey team does, like, a chapel. So one of our uh, teachers, he 
teaches biblical studies. He'll come in and he'll talk about he he'll read a a, a chapter in the Bible. Um, we're going through the book or a book, I guess, a book in the Bible. We're going through the book of John right now, and uh, it's really cool to practice that stuff with like your teammates mm-hmm. and like just like guys are pretty vulnerable in, in those in those meetings and um yeah like we have guys on our team that obviously aren't christians and they kind of just get the chance to learn about jesus and who jesus was and i think mm-hmm. that's really beneficial for them and uh yeah just and it, like our coach talks about it's more about how to become men than how to become hockey players mm-hmm. and i think that's really cool to play for a coach like that and uh so as far as the school goes um I don't know. It's a dry campus. Um, I guess that's one thing. Um, but it's also like one really good thing for me because I'm trying to stay away from boozing all the time. And mm-hmm. I think that's one thing I really struggled with. So for me personally, like I think, like I said, like people would probably find it hard. But for me, I, I enjoy it that, you know, there's not alcohol fine everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like it's a pretty normal school. Um, it's pretty small. Uh, I'm pretty fortunate to get to go into class right now. Like, how um, many schools get to do that because they're so big and have so many people. Um, it's for the school to do that. Every single person in the school had to take a COVID test. So that was obviously a pretty big deal. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know. I go to usually, always basically just go through a day. Um, like today, I woke up in the morning, worked out from 8 to 9.15. Uh, we had practice at 10. So... I practice from 10 to 11 and uh oh yeah one nice thing actually so we don't have classes on friday we only have classes from monday <laughs> to thursday so that's really nice so i didn't have class today so i guess that's a bad example but usually i would so usually a usual day thursday i would wake up go to work out in the morning and then i'd go to class at 11 30 from 11 30 to 12 15 only 45 minute classes mm-hmm. I'd have lunch and then I'd go to my class from one to one forty-five. then I'd have a snack or, you know, hang out with the boys or do whatever. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have practice from four to five. So get to the rink around three, you know, warm up, um, do whatever you need to do. Practice from about four to five thirty, and then go have dinner and study and get some homework done. And, nice. and then some days, uh, this last Thursday, we had a chapel day. So uh, after practice, Wes Olmstead, his name is, he's a teacher at the school. He comes in and shares, kind of teaches us about, about the one part of the Bible. And mm-hmm. so I think uh, this part, like, it's kind of cool because I do get that question a lot from just buddies back home and stuff. And mm-hmm. really, it's no no different than any ordinary school. Mm-hmm. Like, Definitely. you know, you're, you're learning. Like, I, I'm in the business program. I've taken a minor in psychology. And, uh, yeah, like, I'm... I don't really see it any different than any other ordinary school other than the fact that I do get to learn about Christ, which is very, mm-hmm. very cool. And I think it's been very, very beneficial for me. Mm-hmm. No, that's awesome. Yeah. I think like you said, it's obviously with it being a dry campus, I, like you said, and like we've talked about uh, before is that it is almost beneficial for you. And I think it's beneficial for a lot of students because it keeps you on track and you don't have all these distractions around you and, especially now in a time during COVID, you don't have any, um, or you don't have, I guess, a greater risk of getting COVID because you don't have a million parties going on and 
everyone sharing drinks and sharing whatever. Um, but is there ever times when you almost feel like you're um, not living like the college life, if you will? Oh, a hundred percent. Like, like, uh, yeah, uh, no, definitely. I, I definitely feel that way. Uh, you know, I see snap stories, I see Instagram, like, uh, and, uh, sometimes I'm definitely like, oh, like the things I'd be doing to just have a good time right now. But also, you know, like to be honest and some guys, some people might be offended listening, but if you can't drink for like, I'm probably going to go home for Christmas and have a couple of drinks with my, with my family and friends, yeah. obviously. Like, if you can't not drink for three months at a time, I think uh, I think there's bigger problems mm-hmm. going on in your life, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I honestly think it's great to have a beer or three with somebody and talk about life and talk and share and laugh. I, I love mm-hmm. moments like that. Those are some of the best moments you have in your life. And those are mo- moments they'll remember forever with your friends growing up and until you're, until you're old and have your own kids. Um, yeah. But I also think that there's there's a fine line between doing that and, and getting wasted every weekend. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I said, uh, I do, uh, yeah, I, I do think that sometimes. But I also do think that, you know, it's only three months at a time. If, if I can't do that, I probably have bigger problems to, to figure out. No, exactly. Yeah, and I think especially in hockey, that's something I know you said it as well in juniors. It's... It's almost you strive for those parties. You strive to go out and drink with the boys. And those are some of the best memories of your life. But I think there's a lot of times when, um, myself anyways, that I took advantage of those. And I, would, I wouldn't I would be doing it for the fun of it. Because it's almost fun. Like, it's way more fun when you earn it. And it's more fun when it's not every single weekend or every other night. It's, it's nice when you earn it or when there's been a period of time in between and it's like finally I get to let loose for a little bit and like you said there's a lot of people and I mean I was there once where you're drinking for the wrong reasons and you're masking over some of the emotional lows that you're suffering and some of those mental health struggles that you may be going through and yeah I think I think that's just such a good point is you need to you need to sometimes look in the mirror and just realize that you can take a break. You can you can go months without drinking and I mean everyone's different and everyone is going through their own struggles, but um, I think it's almost time that we all, especially during COVID, like we need to take a look at it and take a look at uh, how much we're how much alcohol we're actually consuming because sometimes it's not healthy. <laughs> It is no, good to have those beers, but it's uh, it's not always healthy for sure. Yeah, no. it's a touchy subject because mm-hmm. I feel hard sometimes if I see my buddy, you know, drinking a few too many. And like even this summer, I uh, I remember my butt, one of my buddies got pretty drunk, and I was just telling him like, "Hey, like maybe you should slow down and stuff." And he's like, "Oh, well, you've had a couple, so what's the difference?" You know, mm-hmm. I'm like, it's kind of tough. Like obviously, when you're in a drunken state, you're not not really thinking straight, and it's just tough to to you don't want to be a hypocrite either, right? Mm-hmm. So that's that's one thing that's kind of been an issue for me, especially as as I've been changing and trying to stay off it. Mm-hmm. Oh well, where's the old Billy that used to do this all the time, kind of thing? And that's kind of that's kind of tough for me for sure. But mm-hmm. I also know for my own mental health and just for the person that I want to be, that it's best for me to to keep it light as as best as possible. <laughs> no, totally, hundred percent. Um, yeah, and uh. Just kind of speaking off of COVID, though, um, how is 
because obviously you're you're pl- you're at school for a reason. You're there to play hockey. You're there to obviously socialize with all the guys and enjoy your season, win a championship. How is that? Because it's gotten totally flip flopped, and um, how's that obviously affected your life, but also your mental health? Oh man, it's been hard. I've uh, yeah had some talks with my coach because I mean I'm not. I hope no one from the school hears this, but I've had a couple beers with school, like whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know, like it's not like nothing crazy, but I've had some talks with my coach about it, just out mm-hmm. of frustration, like just uh, yeah, not knowing, like not playing games, like just being like, oh, what's the point of even being here, kind of thing. Um, and obviously, like I touched on the Christianity thing, and I some I definitely come back to earth and realize like there's a lot of other, there's other reasons I'm here other than hockey and to get an education and to get a degree and all that stuff is very important. And I mm-hmm. believe in that, but obviously like I put a lot of effort in hockey growing up my whole life and playing hockey. So it's really mm-hmm. tough. Not, not playing a hockey season without playing games. Like that's just unheard of. Mm-hmm. So, um, as far as now, right now at this moment, it's going great. Um, our coach is just, he's second to none. Um, he's put in a program that, uh, so we play games every Friday now. And, uh, so I got to, our team won this week, so we got to go up for lunch for free um, nice. on the team. And so we did, kind of we do some scrimmages on Friday for uh, for that, just to keep it competitive. Uh, mm-hmm. And personally, like we've been working out and going on the ice every day, and uh, I just started realizing that like that's a blessing. Like there's so many guys that that aren't playing right now, you know, whether it's the Western League or um, youth sports, other college leagues, even pro leagues. A lot of pro mm-hmm. leagues that aren't playing either, so. Just to be able to skate and play hockey is it's really a blessing to just be out there and have fun. Um, so it's definitely been an adjustment. Um, I think the first month I was really optimistic that we were going to get to play games. And then when I found out we weren't, I definitely went through a few weeks of just struggle and being like, maybe I should just go home or play senior hockey or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I kind of came back down to earth and realized again, like kind of what I talked about uh the bigger picture and you know like as much as i do love hockey and to all your hockey players out there i know it's hard to hear but eventually it's going to come to an end mm-hmm. eventually you're not going to be playing anymore and there's a lot more to life than hockey mm-hmm. so it's really it's even hard for me to say that like i've been playing since i was like five <laughs> years old and yeah just to say it it's just like oh man like i love hockey so much but I, again like i know there's more to life than hockey but i also know that I'm very blessed to be able to skate and just have a mm-hmm. smile on my face on the ice. Like any hockey player knows, like that's a great feeling just to skate around the ice and mm-hmm. feel the wind, even as a goalie, like feel the wind blow in your face and yeah. stuff. So I'm just thankful to be able to skate and work out and kind of make it as normal as it can be. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, it's never easy. And um, one of the biggest things that I actually just took from that is you talking about how hockey comes to an end one day. And obviously myself, I chose to make it end and there's but there's a lot of people out there that when they're in their come-ups and they're moving from level to level they don't necessarily realize that hockey does end and sometimes it ends abruptly and sometimes you live out your your long career like as people like to say their really long career but at the end of the day your really long career ends around 40 so you have a lot of years left to live and um that's one thing that i obviously respect you a lot for is you realizing that hockey does come to an end one day and 
Um, you never really know when that's going to be, but for you just to say that, especially during these tough times, you're out there, you're smiling, you're living your kind of the best life that you can at the moment with hockey. And yeah, I just, obviously I commend you for that. Um, what, uh, you touched a little bit on this, but with relationships, um, with some of your buddies and even parents and just everyone that you've, um, been around in your life, how has your relationships actually been affected, um, either in a positive or negative way, but through your mental health, um, journey, if you will. Yeah, no, of course. Um, I think definitely positive. I think me now just like, I honestly, like I, I lied, I lied a lot as a, as a younger guy and I just didn't really realize it, I guess at the time, like mm-hmm. how much I, I just lied about little things. And I think just being honest with my friends and my family and all the time has really been a positive and, you know, just again, it comes down to trust and, mm-hmm. you know, just when you can trust your friends and trust your parents or whoever it is with, with information or whether with just with life things like it strengthens that relationship. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're vulnerable with them about things that are going on in your life to strengthen that relationship. And when I was going through a hard time in my mental health stages, I wasn't vulnerable with my parents or my friends. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, I, was, I, I lied about things all the time or I didn't tell them the, the ex- exact truth as I would like to say. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that probably ended up damaging relationships because, you know, eventually everyone finds out what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as my mom goes, it like really obviously had a bad uh, negative impact at the beginning. And now I think it's obviously turned into positive. Um, mm-hmm. I definitely think I could have, uh, with the anxiety attacks, depression, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, 15, 16, I probably could have leaned on my mom, honestly, a little more and kind of realized that she really wanted to help me instead mm-hmm. of pushing her away. But mm-hmm. uh, obviously now we're, we're as close as ever. So kind of nice to, to see that, mm-hmm. how it's been a positive as I've grown up, grown older. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'd say mostly positive just because of, of honesty and trust and mm-hmm. in those relationships. And then uh, obviously, like, to be honest, I have like, I wouldn't say I've lost friends. I guess probably if I ran into certain guys or girls, I think we'd still say hi to each other. Mm-hmm. But I've definitely have a smaller friend group now than I than I had at that time, mm-hmm. just because I think it's important to have really close friends that you can just share your life with. Mm-hmm. Because I mean, at the end of the day, you need to speak up about about what's going on. And uh, like I said, at the end of the day, there's probably some people that I just wouldn't really trust with that information, and mm-hmm. it's nothing against them. Like it's just just how I feel and. So I think, I think in some ways it's been positive and strengthened my relationships with my really close friends. But I think I've lost some friends along the way, just, just with the way that I have changed my life around a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's so important to obviously respect yourself and realize what's a positive in your life and what's a negative in your life, and just how people and different scenarios how they shape your life, and if it's like I said, in a positive or a negative way. And, um, for you just speaking on that, like I know for myself, I have, I've done the same. Like I, 
like I'm always nice to everyone, I'll always be like everyone's best friend when we're when we're out, when we're doing whatever. But at the end of the day, I think I've realized who I want to associate myself with and just how like how I should treat other people and how um how some of these relationships have actually impacted my life and where I want to see myself in the future and where I see some of those friends in that future. And I don't think enough people really reflect on their friend groups. And a lot of people think that their friends are the people that follow them on Instagram, Facebook. Um, They're their friends on Snapchat. They send them a typical like young kid streak message, like whatever. But Honestly, like I think it's so important to to take a look into the depths of your friendships and just really see who those true friends are and who's going to be there for you when you're at your absolute worst and the way that the ways that they'll help you and what they'll do for you because I know myself like I've had people like and I'm not I have nothing negative like negative negative to say about any of my friends and I love all of them to death, but I think even through this journey with starting this mental health platform, I've kind of realized who has my back and who supports me at all times and who's more so just a bystander and just watches me do my thing and then they'll be the first one when I run into them to say, oh yeah, I love what you're doing. But it's like sometimes they, like you you want other people to, to talk to you and see how you're doing from time to time or see just check in and see how like this platform is going or even just say like they're proud of you. And I know it's almost, it sounds like I'm reaching for compliments or reaching for support, but I think with any close friends, it's so important to, to see support coming from them or just knowing uh, what you mean to them. And I know that's one thing I've almost tried to do is, just spend more time um, focusing on those positive relationships that I have and whether it be with my parents, my brother, my like distant family, whatever it may be, I think just showing support and showing that you care about someone just goes a long way. And um, getting back to what I was saying before, I think just taking a big look at the mirror and seeing the relationships that you want to have in your life and the ones that are impacting it in a positive way. And then more so realizing the ones that are impacting it in a negative way. And, um, obviously finding kind of that happy medium with your friend group and never obviously disrespecting anyone, never being rude to anyone, but just knowing how much time you can actually spend with someone or how much effort you're going to put into being their friend. And yeah, I think there's a lot of people that kind of need to, take a big look in the mirror and again, look at who their friends really are. Um, but one relationship that I do want to ask you about is the relationship that you have, uh, with your dad. And on that, you spoke earlier about some of the conversations that he brings up and how he brings up those more in-depth conversations and ones that are going to really make you think. And, just kind of talk a little bit about that relationship and some of the stuff that obviously you guys talk about and how it's almost shaped your life in some form or 
some form or another. Yeah, of course. Um, I think when I was younger, it was really hard for my mom to see me with my dad because he only came around, you know, maybe once or twice a year, mm-hmm. Christmas time and stuff. But obviously, like, when I he was around, I was super happy. Like, it's my dad. Like, I don't get to see him very often. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was also really hard for me when he was away, and it was also really hard at times when I was like, why is my dad talking to me for a couple months or whatever? Mm-hmm. But uh, looking back uh, and now just being older and with the advice he's given me throughout my whole life, I'd say uh, just just kind of like guiding me is probably the best way I could say it. Like, um, I need to come up with a good example here, but uh, I'd say probably just in like what I want to do with my life. Mm-hmm. Like before I wanted to come to college, like he was basically like, he was telling me that he was proud that I wanted to go to college, obviously. Like, he was like, good for you. Like, that's really good. Mm-hmm. I'm happy you're still playing hockey. Like, you made it a lot further than I did. And, mm-hmm. you know, being being positive. But then he kind of, you know, took a step back and said, well, have you thought about, you know, maybe getting a trade or maybe, uh, you know, going into the police force or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And kind of just giving me, like, giving me options and telling me that, like, like kind of the same thing I've said before. Like, he knows how much I love hockey. Mm-hmm. But he's all. He also just wants what's best for me in my life, and he like sits sits me down and talks about what's realistic. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important for for a lot of people our age to realize is, mm-hmm. you know, unfortunately we're not all going to be millionaires yeah. or whatever. <laughs> like I know, right? Like I don't know. I, I'm I'm not in with the uh, all the teenage lingo, but clout or whatever. Yeah. We're all not going to be clout stars. Like at the end of the day. Uh, you know, a lot of us are just going to have, have average average incomes, but mm-hmm. how are we going to impact our family? That's I think that's obviously a big thing. And that's a big thing for him too. And it's just something that he's really like stressed on me. Is like whenever I've came to like a crossroads of something, he's kind of just like, well, you have option A or option B. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, you can even take option C off the road and figure, figure something else out if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just been a really big impact for me um because obviously my mom being my mom and i think most moms are this way they're just like i'm so proud of you just keep doing what you're doing yeah. you know and i love that but my dad kind of takes a step back and as you know obviously he's, he's a fake big figure in my life and as as a role model he's just really guided me into making the right decision mm-hmm. and uh you know whether that even with like money like he kind of you know not that he he gets pretty pissed at me if I if I'm like, hey dad, I'm, I'm kind of like tight on money with school or something or whatever's going on, and he's like, you only at I remember last year he's like, you only talk to me when you need money, <laughs> and then he but then he kind of took the step back and he said, hey, like, yeah, I can help you or whatever, and I uh, I also think just on this topic actually, mm-hmm. I don't think there's a lot of people give people a, like I don't know. A hard time about like oh you don't make this much money or whatever like your parents help you or whatever mm-hmm. and like I don't think there's anything wrong with that like it's awesome to like looking back on kind of how I moved out when I was younger mm-hmm. and that I have my parents support like if you have your parents support or if you don't like either way good on you like mm-hmm. if you don't well first of all you're persevering and you're pushing through and you're probably I sure as hope you're doing everything you can to to make the life that you want mm-hmm. And then if you have your parents' support, it's a blessing. Be thankful for it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's hard because I know 
a lot of people hide that. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will say, oh, I bought this or I did this or whatever, mm-hmm. or I'm paying for all my school. And at the end of the day, if they are, that's great. And I believe them. Mm-hmm. But I know there is some people out there that will say things like that. But at the end of the day, maybe their did dad or mom did send them 500 bucks or whatever, mm-hmm. which obviously isn't much. But it's okay to share that. It's okay mm-hmm. to say like, oh, yeah, my parents sent me some money. Like, just be just be honest. And it's a blessing. Like, be thankful mm-hmm. for it. So mm-hmm. anyways, going back to that story, I, I he kind of took a step back and he said, you know what, son? Like, I'm going to support you in this. But you need to, like, promise me that you're going to put your all into school. Mm-hmm. And I think that was, uh, again, like an eye opener for me. Like, he made me realize, like, if I'm going to make this decision to, to go to school and get a degree, mm-hmm. that I'm going to put 100% effort into education and hockey and bettering myself. And whatever decision you make, and that's a big life lesson that he's taught me, is once you once you dive into that decision, mm-hmm. put 110% into it. Do everything you can to be the best at it because that's how you're going to become a better person. Mm-hmm. And I just think, like, that's definitely one way he's impacted my life. Definitely. No, that's awesome. Um, before we kind of wrap it up, I just have a have a question. What would be kind of a tip of advice or kind of a, a trick that you might have used or something that you really want to you really want to enlighten people on uh, to help better their mental health or if they go through some form of mental health struggle? Like, what would a tip of advice be for someone? Yeah. Um, first of all, obviously reach out, and I know that's so cliche, but like. Just please reach out. I'm available on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook, whatever. Um, just like whoever or your close friends, like do not be afraid to reach out. Like that is, I know it's so cliche and I know everyone says it, but like even having this conversation with Lucas right now has just like got so much of like stuff that's kind of on my heart just off mm-hmm. off my chest. And it's just mm-hmm. like great to talk about these things that, that you've gone through. And uh Secondly, would just be like, you know, don't be afraid to go for a walk or, uh, you know, if you're into cooking or fishing or hunting or um, video games or something that you're really into. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't say let it consume you, but I would say if you need a break from something, like have a hobby. Um, also, just like working out, that's physical exercise, like for a lot of hockey players, like that's their escape. Sometimes it can be negative because they're going through all this stuff and then they just go to hockey to escape from it. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like the way I look at it is like, if, you, if, if, if you have a practice or if you have a game or whatever's going on, just like use that, be thankful for it. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard. I, I speaking from experience, I know it's really hard to do that, mm-hmm. but I also know that when I do like just embrace the fact that I get to play hockey, mm-hmm. it's such a joy. Um, and then as far as just like a, I don't know, a personal tip for for mental health is like yeah like it gets better like mm-hmm. you have i don't know no matter who you are i hope you know that you have people that love you mm-hmm. and that is one thing that it took me a long time to realize that and if you're listening to this and you're going through a hard time you have someone that loves you and you have people that are going to be there for you even if you don't think as them even if you don't think of them that way so that's probably definitely mm-hmm. a tip no those are all of those are amazing and i totally agree with every single one and i know that they're beneficial i've used a lot of them especially i mean like you said most hockey players have 
use that one with using um, a sport or a hobby as an escape route and using it as a coping mechanism. And I think it is really beneficial, but like you said, sometimes it can be a negative. But for the most part, 100%, it's very beneficial and allows you to uh, to escape that kind of those mental stress mental stressors and struggles and that's super important um what's kind of a a quote or a saying that you might have either that you do shape your life off of or you have in the in the past um yeah there's quite a few um, <clears throat> so the two will come from my mom one which is kind of harsh but like nothing actually comes easy mm-hmm. like if you sit on the couch and just like think things are going to come to you mm-hmm. they're not and my mom used to always tell me that and it actually used to really bother me and like upset me like i'd be going through a hard time and she'd be like hey like nothing comes easy like what's that supposed to mean like, <laughs> and she's basically just telling me like if you're gonna cry and whine about it like go ahead like keep crying and whining about it but it's not going to get any better like mm-hmm. you got to get up and be strong and speak out and reach out about what's going on mm-hmm. and like so that's uh that's one and then the other one is good things happen to good people good things happen to good people that are patient mm-hmm. and i just think like that one's just huge for me that's another one my mom used to tell me yeah and i just think you know you as a person especially as a person that struggles with mental health you're just hoping for that next break like you're just like when am i going to get a break when am i going to catch a break mm-hmm. like just be patient like good things are gonna good things are gonna happen mm-hmm. uh, great things are gonna happen i think i said that one wrong Good things happen to good people. Great things happen to good people that are patient. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, that's what I meant to say. Like great things are going to happen to you. Mm-hmm. And like as a person with mental health, you just, you like are just so waiting for that break. Like mm-hmm. when am I going to feel better? When are things going to get better? Mm-hmm. Like, and you just need to be patient and just know, like just trust the process, mm-hmm. trust the process of talking to your friends, trust the process of, of just, whatever you're doing to cope with that, just trust that it's going to work. Especially like seeking a counselor. I know Kali's taught, Lucas has touched on this a lot. Like it's really intimidating, Mm -hmm. but like if you can trust that process of a few sessions, you will have immense growth in the long run. Mm -hmm. 100%. Yeah, I know. (laughs) It's literally the biggest thing that I harp on is um, seeking professional help and being vulnerable, vulnerable enough to actually just, share who you are and be open with somebody that you have no idea who they are like it is very intimidating and a hundred percent you have to trust the process like i talked about in a couple of my podcasts the very first time that i spoke up and went to a counselor i was not comfortable and i didn't like it and then I kept going and going and I loved it. And then I went to a new person and I hated it and I never wanted to go back. I was done with it. And now I'm here um, week or weeks, years later. And I'm so beyond thankful that I'm still seeing someone on a regular basis. I go see them every two weeks and it just keeps my mind in check, keeps myself in check, making... Because like you never really want to throw all your problems onto your friends or your family. I think it's important just to put it on somebody that knows how to help you in an like in a professional way. And I think it's just so important. Um, 
for anybody that does want to reach out to you though or talk like show you support tell their story to you ask for different tips of advice whatever it may be where could they where could they reach you um yeah i'd say instagram would just be the best it's probably the platform i use the most mm-hmm. um obviously you could just look at my name billy cawthorn or you can my handles just my last name underscore cawthorn underscore mm-hmm. um also facebook don't be afraid to message me billy cawthorn mm-hmm. um and then yeah i mean honestly like if you reach out through the, either of those platforms um chances are i'll give you my number and we can chat and talk on the phone or whatever mm-hmm. so those are probably the two best ways to just get a hold of me as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, I can't thank you enough personally for coming on the podcast, being so open and vulnerable and sharing your story. It was it was an amazing story and you gave me a big insight on who you are and I got to learn so much more about you and I think that we'll have a friendship that'll last a really long time because we obviously we do, we follow some of the same, um, same paths. And I know that when you're back home, we'll definitely connect. And yeah, I, again, I'm just so thankful and just seriously cannot thank you enough for coming onto the podcast today. No, thanks so much, Lucas. It was great. And I feel great about it. And, uh, last thing, I just, just want to thank all my friends and family that have, that have been there for me. You all know who you are. Um, it's just been a blessing to to be in the position I am now and being able to share the story with Lucas on this podcast. And, you know, I hope I can touch, touch some people that are going through things right now. And mm-hmm. like I said, like me and Lucas said, if you are just reach out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. And I know that we'll connect really soon. Yeah. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of struggle, create strength. I hope everyone enjoyed Billy's podcast and I hope that you can reach out to him and show him the support that he deserves. I know that he's always open for vulnerable conversations, so utilize that as well. And if you do want to reach me or come on the podcast, you're more than welcome to at Struggle Create Strength on both Instagram and Facebook, or you can also reach me on my website at strugglecreatestrength.com. All podcasts are posted on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and Facebook, so be sure to go check them out and be sure to share them with all your friends. I hope everyone enjoyed, and just remember that everyone has a story.